This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Rams Talk podcast preview show. Uh, this week we're talking all things Bristol Rovers um, and when we're talking about the FCA nominated and we've been talking about it a fair amount, uh, the Gascast podcast was also there. There were FCA nominated within our category and well-deserved um, and I've got Max here with me um, from the team uh, who's going to talk all things Bristol Rovers with me. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I think uh, we're, we're kind of over the hill of recovery. <laughs> Just about, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You saw heads, I think, on uh, on Friday morning, but uh, a nice little weekend to recover and get ready for this week. Exactly. I think when uh, when we look back at the night, I think it was one of them where you go, if we can just take every bit of memories as we can and well, whatever we can remember <laughs> from, that's not uh, led by certain uh, beverages, um, then we, we'll, we'll take it. Um, but no, just obviously talking about it, um, obviously you guys uh, with the pods were much, much deserved uh, to be uh, nominated for the FCAs within our category as well as us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, do, do you mind just talking about what uh, how you guys felt going into the evening, how much you enjoyed it, what you got up to, etc.? Yeah, yeah, we um, we don't often put ourselves forwards for for awards like this um, or like ask for nominations. Um, we just felt we've been going for eight years now as a podcast, and over that eight years, it's changed a lot. Um, we used to have it on SoundCloud back in the day, and then we would uh, we would kind of do it once every five six weeks, and then. As time's gone on, it's become more regular, a bit more, I say professional, we chat rubbish, so it's not really mm. professional, but professional in terms of the quality of the equipment we have, at least, um, <laughs> and the regularity of it. But um, yeah, we we just thought it was a good kind of milestone for us. We just hit our eight-year anniversary, and we thought, well, we'll mm. try and go for something and maybe just um, ultimately just, just celebrate what we've done over the last eight years, and especially in lockdown, which was probably good for podcasts but not much not much else but it was that was kind of a big spike for us so we wanted to kind of celebrate everything we've done since then um and yeah meet some great people like yourselves and other other podcasts and other bloggers and vloggers and um of which there were you know a plenty uh and it was a great evening and yes we we didn't uh we didn't win we didn't place top three um but we we were 
as you say, just happy to be there and, and celebrating uh, the work we've done. And uh, we're thankful to everyone who voted for us and, and nominated us, but wasn't to be for the Gascast podcast. But I think of the Football League podcasts, we were the smallest club by far. Um, I think other than yourselves, <laughs> we're the only League One club. And, uh, you know, when you compare us to you, you're a much, much bigger League One club than we are. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think everyone else was a championship club. So we were in the, in true Bristol Rovers spirit. We were always the underdog um, going yeah. into it. But uh, no no giant killing on this occasion. No. Well, you, you said it there. You, the uh, the Gascast team with us were the only League One contenders going into it. You look at it and you had the Middlesbrough team, uh, the Middlesbrough breakdown. You had... Uh, the, uh, the the Southampton pod and obviously the ultimate winner Peterborough's uh, owners won and stuff like that and you kind of look at it and you go well we've not all done too bad to be here as I say um, exactly. and especially we've led the let paved the way for League One um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll take that as a win there between the two of us absolutely um, but yeah so when when you look at the uh, the game this weekend um, as I say real real with things going on with you guys, haven't we? We've got a managerial change. I don't know whether that means uh, a real change in philosophy. Um, Joey Barton's quite a well-renowned manager for some of the things off the <laughs> off the pitch as well as on the pitch. Um, so, I mean, managerial change was that a surprise to you? Is it is it a, a welcome surprise? Is it something that you you weren't weren't expecting? I'm not really a surprise for me in terms of the results on the pitch. I think warranted a sacking. Um, for sure. I'm surprised that this board who have been um, quite supportive of him and quite ride or die with him did pull the trigger. Um, I think we had a change of ownership over the summer. Um, uh, new majority shareholders now own 51% of the club who've come in from uh, Kuwait, the Kuwaiti owners. Um, mm. And the previous club president who owned the majority of the club is now minority with uh, 40% of the club. And he's the one who's been very, very supportive of, of Joe Barton and giving him giving him quite a large transfer budget. And um, obviously we got relegated and we kept him, took us back up to League One at the first time of asking. And last season he was given a lot of money to kind of restructure us and push us on. We kind of came into this season playing like quite a... We, we're trying to replicate what Brighton are trying to do at a higher level where we are playing out from the back, inviting the press and then trying to once that press is coming, like play with quite a fast pace through the thirds to to get a numbers advantage, like five on five in the, in the opposition half. It's not really worked under Joe Barton, which is why he's got the sack. Teams are not interested in pressing you at this level. Uh, your Wickhams and your Lincolns and your Burtons will quite happily sit back and just mm. let you pass it around the back um, until you do eventually get bored and try and get a bit higher. You lose it and then they counter you in the same way that you wanted to counter them. So it hasn't worked. Um, I think maybe it was a bit naive of Barton to think it could, although I definitely bought into it in pre-season because we had some pretty eye-catching results. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, we, we played really well against Portsmouth and Barnsley early doors. So I was you know, optimistic that we could really do something with that style, but it hadn't worked. He said in the summer, um, we finished 17th last year. He said 17th is acceptable this year, but it will not be uh, at all acceptable next year. And he got sacked with us 17th in the table. So it was kind of poetic, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do feel it was the right time. And I feel, for me, it's welcome. I never really liked the guy as a person. I kind of um, bought into the way he wanted to play. And I could 
sometimes he would say, say stuff and I was like, I really want to like you, but you let yourself <laughs> down too often. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it just grew tiresome. And I think when he was sacked, it was just a relief to so many people. And then the next game, we, we had our record home attendance. So I think that said a lot as well about how many people didn't really like him despite the promotion. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think a welcome change. Interesting to see the direction we're going in now uh, and where we'll go from here. Well, yeah. So now, I mean, you've got Andy uh, Mang- uh, Mangan. Mangan, Mangan, is that yeah, Mangan, right. yeah. So I just wanted to make sure I got that right. I don't want to uh, stir yeah. st- st- any pots. Um, but yeah, he's. I mean, you're now sitting ninth in the table. Yeah. And as you say, you were you when Jerry Barton left, uh, you were near the bottom of the foot of the table. That is quite an astounding for a caretaker manager in terms of returning re- results um, with the same squad of players. I mean, what have you really seen that's changed drastically and is it is it the style is it is, is it a completely different style that's just really suited uh, th- this team and, and what really Joe Barton should have got out of this team uh, during his tenure um yes and no um it's it's a completely different style so Mangan has come in and he is instantly changed from 4231 um which is what Barton liked to play um to 442 flat 442 with um kind of defensive minded wingers um still trying to be a bit possession based but also quite happy to not have the ball at times um getting down the flanks cross balls into chris martin and aaron collins to try and be poachers in the box really um and it's worked but um yeah like you say we've we've risen up the table to to ninth place from 17th 16th when when barton left um, we've played three league games. We've won two and we've lost one. Uh, sorry, we've won two and we've drawn one. So seven mm. points from nine under Mangum, which is really great. Um, and I can't knock it. But what I will say is that the three teams we played were all in the relegation zone when we played them. So we played Northampton at home. and They were in the relegation zone. We beat them 2-1 narrowly um, with a few scares, but we did win. Um, was not really a convincing performance, but we did get the win. Then we go away to Reading. Um, which was a really, really poor 1-1 draw where they were bottom of the league. They didn't look good at all. We lost possession trying to play fancy at the back and they scored and we really struggled to create anything and thankfully did get a goal. But yeah, didn't deserve anything more than a point there. Um, Left a lot aesthetically um, to be desired. And then, yeah, I really can't knock the Carlisle away win. Yes, they're in the relegation zone, but it's always a tough place to go with the, the mileage you have to do to get there and Mm. Um, we scraped a very unappealing 1-0 win with, I think, an own goal. Um, and we, I think we had one shot on target other than that. So, yeah, not the most, like, entertaining matches, but you can't argue with the results. Um, he's This is the thing that Barton struggled to do. We lost um, some silly games earlier in the season to the likes of Burton mm. by trying to play to fancy, and we lost 4-1. I think what Mangan's done is he's come in and instead of trying to win, um, fancy in, a, in an entertaining and aesthetically pleasing way he knows that he has to win it's not that he would like yeah. to win and this is the way we need to he's, he's almost cut out all the things that could potentially make us lose and minimize that and maximize our strengths and because he knows he needs to win everything one nil if he yeah. if he wants the job and he wants to get us up that table he's had to sacrifice all the bells and whistles go back to basics keep it simple and one nil at all costs basically um so it's leaves a lot to be desired and we've been down this route before a few years ago with graham coughlin who was caretaker after daryl clark left got the job eventually and he he did do that for the best part of a year got us quite high up in the table before suddenly leaving 
but the football was was not great. Um, but yeah, the thing is with with Mangan is you know he's doing what he needs to do, um, and if mm. if he one nils us up to the playoffs, I will have no complaints. Um, but it's hard to, to hard to give him the job for me because these wins have been against teams in the relegation zone, and I've, we've not tested this against a mid table or even a playoff or higher team. Um, so for me, yeah, we'll need to wait and see. I think this Saturday's game, if he is still in charge will be a really good indication as to whether he's, he's got the metal for the job full-time, I think. Yeah, I mean, as I say, I was just looking through the results and you kind of nick that nail on the head. You, you you look at the opposition level and you kind of just look at it and take a step back and you might think as a fan base, it's great that we have pulled these results out the bag from where we were, but they're against opposition that you, uh, with the quality within the squad, that you might go, we should, we should get the results against them. Um, and I mean... You, you, you skirted over the the league results, but even uh, as I say, the small uh, win. I'm going to say small win. You won seven two against Whitby in the FA Cup, but it's yeah. still seven goals that you've scored that you weren't scoring previously, uh, and it's getting form into strikers that weren't in there previously. So again, he's he's changed the mantra, which is kind of what you need out of a manager, whether he's take caretaker or not. Which um, is then, as you were saying. It's just them whether he can rarely replicate that against uh, against teams who are in the uh, the upper echelons of of League One, um, if you want, if you want to call it the upper echelons. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I, I think the seven two was impressive um, in terms of like the attacking quality, but I wanted us to then take that confidence to Reading away in front of mm. three thousand Rovers fans. Um, first time we played Reading in a, a large number of years, a huge away following. They're down in the dumps. Um, they've not got a great squad. Their fans are irritated and frustrated and trying to protest and they've had a points deduction and I think they lost their previous five games. So I was like, let's go there with a huge following and, and keep that attacking um, entertainment and, and, and confidence. And it just wasn't there at all. We looked really lacklustre. Drew 1-1. Um, and yeah, we didn't really have the tactical nice or creativity to kind of break them down, which is frustrating. But it was a point. I mean, I... I we went one or down. It could have been two. We did pull it back. So I can't have too many complaints. Um, like I say, we need to test this. Um, it really depends on whether the board are going to appoint someone this week um, before the weekend. Or if they say to Mangan, look, we'll give you two more games. We've got Derby away. And then we've got Leighton Orient at home on the on the Tuesday. So they may well say, we'll, we'll give you these two games. We'll see how you do. Um, and go from there, really. But yeah, the whole managerial appointment process has been very, very confusing, as as we may go on to talk about. But um, yeah, it's uh, he he is getting results um, from five games in all competitions, including the FA Cup and Checker Trade Trophy or Bristol Street Motors Trophy, as it's now called. I think. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's changes hands um, every week. <laughs> yeah, he's got four wins and a draw, so it's yeah. it, it is impressive, but also unspectacular. So it's it's. I mean, for me, that's fine. Um, but for it's just you can't really use that as a a good sample size. I don't think, um, yeah. given given the quality of the opposition in all of those. Yeah, I mean, as I say, just before we go on to talk about the team, we might as well talk about the managerial odds. I mean, I'm just looking at a particular one in front of me. I mean, you've got uh, Andy Magnan as as, as favourite again. Results might help him with that. But then you've got Carl Robinson previously at Oxford. You've got Matty Taylor. You've got Gary Monk, Neil Lennon again. Gareth Ainsworth is on there. How many of these are actually true? I have no idea. And you probably know a little bit more about it than just the ones I've pulled up in front of me. But I mean. If it isn't Andy Magdon, where would you kind of look? 
um and and as you say you've kind of alluded to it there it's a little bit been a little bit weird with the the managerial appointments crystal rovers um just got to bring us up to speed there and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Yeah, so the the new owners came out after Barton sacking and said um, it was purely results based decision. Um, they all really liked Joe as a person. Um, they thought he was a good character. Um, he's always welcome back at the football club, but it, the results weren't good enough for the budget he had. They said they wanted a coach to come in who has ideally won promotion from this division before. Um, ideally, had experience at a higher level in the championship managing. And ideally is a young coach. So those are the three criteria they've set out. And, you know, if you know one, give me a call. Give us a call. <laughs> I think so bad to say. Just everyone going... would like that as their manager. <laughs> um, right. I think that's the, <laughs> the ideal criteria they want. Um, and for yeah. me, you know, looking at that as a criteria and the managers available, um, Neil Harris fit the bill. He yeah. was linked quite early, got promoted with Millwall, managed in the championship with them and Cardiff. Um, obviously was down with Gillingham recently but been in the area, obviously, because he managed Cardiff. Um, and then uh, Carl Robinson's another one promotion mm. with MK Dons to the championship, has 500 League One uh, games to his name. And across those 500 games, he's got 1.6 points per game's average, which is, if you ignore, even ignoring the, the poor spell at Oxford last season, is, is a tremendous record. His teams mm. are always up there, always in and around the playoffs. Um, I think his style would suit the team. Um, so yeah, those two were kind of the front runners. Gary Monk was mentioned as well, though he's not managed below the championship before. Um, he has got that experience at a higher level. He's taken a bit of a break from the game, so he kind of maybe fitted um, something someone who would like to come in and tackle this project. Um, but then we were, we were reportedly interviewing Ian Holloway, who is old, hasn't won promotion from League One, has a quite more dated style of football. Um, and then also reportedly looking at Southend's Kevin Mayer, who's in the National League uh, with 16th, doing a great job with Southend, keeping them afloat. Um, used to coach at Rovers as a defensive coach, but mm. it's just it's a little bit like, OK, well, that doesn't fit the criteria either. And then, yeah, reportedly speaking to other managers as well. Um, Matt Taylor got sacked from Rotherham last week. And then two days later, reportedly, we made contact with him and we're talking with him. 
So that says to me, again, we're not really sure. I mean, I like Matt Taylor. I like what he's done, but it's almost like, oh, another one. Yeah, let's talk to him. Oh, let's talk to him. Mm. It doesn't strike me as we're a club who have been blown away by anyone who we've, we've spoken to and that we've diverted away from this criteria we've set for ourselves. And it seems like we're just talking to everyone, which I've no mm. problem with that. I'm quite happy for us to talk to as many people as possible, get a good feel for what's out there. But, I, you know, the fact that it's been nearly four weeks, four and a half weeks since we sacked Barton, I think, or since the club decided they were going to sack Barton after the Burton defeat, to still be umming and eyeing and, ooh, do we give it Mangan? Ooh, do we give it Matt Taylor? What about Monk, who mm. we've interviewed? What about Robinson, who we've interviewed? And to have still been like, yeah, that if they were keen on any of them, they would have appointed them by now. Or maybe they're not keen yeah. on us, I'm not sure. But it just seems like a little bit of a a mess. Um, and, you know, now I've said this, they'll go and appoint Matt Taylor tomorrow, or something, <laughs> I'm sure. But, um it's yeah it's inconsistent and I'm very yeah. confused um you go back to when we appointed Barton that season we'd had um Graham season before we'd had Graham Coughlin a very defensive coach take us to fourth in the league he left and we brought in Ben Garner a very young possession-based coach it all went wrong mm. um Covid happened the season ended then he carried on this the job had a terrible start was sacked we brought in Paul, Paul Tisdale who's a more direct manager Mm. Um, he was sacked and then we bring in Joe Barton who's a more possession manager it's just like where's the consistency what's the plan what style of football do we want to play um, what's our philosophy we want to invoke there was no consistency from appointment to appointment and this is just striking me again as we don't know what we want um, and we say we do by setting out this criteria but then we do something very different by talking to all these different people with all these different styles and it's like you know, Oxford, in, in the time we've, in the time Rovers have sat their manager, Bristol City have sat their manager. Um, they've brought in Manning from Oxford. Oxford have brought in Des Buckingham. Lincoln have appointed someone. And it's like these these clubs are on it. They know what they want. They have targets. Yeah. They go out and get them. And we're just, I mean, eyeing. And it says to me, why did we sack Barton without a plan for what we wanted to do? It was like, yes, it was results based. And I'm, I agree with the sacking. Yeah. But what was the plan? because it doesn't seem there was one. It seemed like they sacked him first and asked questions later, which mm. has left us in this bit of a, not, a, I guess it's not a mess because we're, we're doing all right in the league and there's no urgency or rush and it's with the, with the going for a promotion this year. But um, yeah, it is a little bit all over the place, but we'll see how it goes. Only time's going to tell on that one. It is. And I mean, in in the meantime, um, your, your team's not doing too bad. I mean, I'm just looking at a couple of uh, players in particular. I mean, you're probably going to know which ones are two I'm going to bring up. Um, your two strikers, Collins and Martin, a certain one that I, I, I pray to God won't uh, score at the weekend because I think if he does, none of us are going to know what to do. Do we boo? Do we cheer? Do we <laughs> just let you guys have it? I don't know. Um, but I mean, both of them are... are, are are on the score sheets this season, both doing well um, under under the new regime, whatever happens um, going forward. Um, so they will pose a threat to Derby this weekend, um, either way. Talk to me about both of them. I mean, Chris Martin was quite a rogue one for you guys to go and get after Clark Harris kind of fell by the wayside. Um, I mean, it seems to have proved off quite well. I mean, I can't, I could see you getting Clark Harris maybe again, and you have three great strikers on the books. Uh, just talk to yeah. me about those two. Yeah, I do like Martin a lot. I think he's a very intelligent forward. Um, mm. He ha he has such a smart footballing brain um, in that final yeah. third, which is what we've needed because we do look very naive otherwise in the attacking third. So he's got that nice and that, um, yeah, that kind of instinct that I don't think 
a lot of our other forwards have. Um, mm. I don't particularly um, mind us signing players who have you know, directly from Bristol City or released from Bristol City. I know the other way around, it isn't quite as acceptable, but um, we do tend to, especially recently, pick up their their unwanted because um, it's quite convenient. You know, these players don't have to move house or relocate their families. They only have to drop a little bit down one division. And, you know, <laughs> um, their quality is not too. Um, you know, it's, it's better for us. And, you know, I spoke to a lot of my friends who are Bristol City fans within the city and um, they all said, you're getting a cracking player. He's especially mm. at League One level. A lot of them would have kept him at, um, at championship level just for his brain. And he's not the quickest, as you probably know. But, um, yeah, what he can bring to a side has is, is been a big plus. Um, John Marcus has not been firing for us this season, really. I thought, I really thought he'd have a cracking season. Um after last year, he he didn't have a lot of minutes, but he had a lot of goals per minutes. And I thought, you yeah. know, with him at the spearhead, with all this attacking creativity around him, he's going to hit 20, as he has done before at this level, but he's just missed some sitters. Whereas Martin's come in and he's got three goals in three league games um, and he's looked really, really good. Clever back heel finish for one, um, clever jink through the lines and low finish for another. And yeah, he's he's just been... Uh, and the, the other one was a 35 yard chip so he's just he's got all of it in his locker and um, he's been a great addition um, and he's been really good for Collins I think who has been a victim of his own success I think mm. last year his numbers were ridiculous they were, um, yeah. by Christmas he'd done the double double so he'd had 10 10 goals 10 assists by Christmas and yeah. you know if he was, if he was, you know, if football doesn't work this way, but if he was going to continue that, he would have got 20 goals, 20 assists by the end of the season. <laughs> As it happened, he had two goals from Christmas to the end of the season. Um, right. dropped, his form dropped off a cliff, really. And this season, he's been a victim of his own success. I think the expectations are high because he won player of the year in League One last mm. season. Um, and he's, for me, you know, for someone who's played left wing, Every game, um, he's played one goal at one or two games at attacking midfield, I think, but never really directly up front until we've switched to this four four two lately. For someone who's, you know, in, for all intents and purposes, a left winger, his numbers are very good. Um, I think he's got eight goals and assists combined, which is a goal contribution. I think every other game for us because we've played sixteen games. So, I think for a winger, most clubs would be happy with that, but a lot of fans are a little bit critical of him because. Um, the numbers he hit last season was so good that they're kind of expecting that again. But um, he's developing, he's learning, he's adapting his game to kind of play a little bit wider um, in a side that's been very inconsistent with results. Um, he's not got a very great um, relationship. And when I say relationship, I mean kind of chemistry on the pitch with the forwards we have. Last season, he had Josh Coburn, who he worked really well with. This year, he hasn't quite clicked with Giovanni Brown. He hasn't quite clicked with Martin or Marquis. And He's just struggling to find that kind of partnership up front. Mm. Um, but he's still, you know, putting in good numbers and contributing in front of goals. So I think, you know, people are maybe a little bit more critical on him than they should be. But yeah, I'm quite enjoying him in this 4-4-2 with Martin. Uh, he kind of plays a little bit deeper, a little bit more of a free role where Martin kind of spearheads the attack. And yeah, it's not getting tons of goals at the minute, but they're still kind of trying to develop that partnership. And I'm hopeful that they can kind of click in a week or two. Well, I'm hoping it's if it's, it's it is in a week or two, and it's not this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, if Derby fans were going to go into Saturday, I mean, we've just come off the back of a really weird um, bipolar performance against Crew um, going into the international break, um, and Derby fans are going to want to hear a little bit of positivity going into this game. I mean, if 
we were going to hurt you in terms of uh, posing a threat. Where would you see that being um, in a recently uh, rejuvenated uh, Bristol Rovers? I think it would probably be through pressing us high. Um, mm. We like to try and keep it. I think that kind of philosophy that Barton implemented is still there, even in this more defensive flat four four two. Reading caught us out in possession and scored a goal pretty much because we gave it away at centre mid um, with only two or three players back um, because we were trying to work through the thirds. And then after they scored about two minutes later, our right back was trying to keep the ball and basically lost it, slipped in a striker and he basically missed a really good chance. So Mm. that was quite worrying. Um, We're also missing Connor Taylor, who's an absolute phenomenal signing for us um we had him on loan in league two and he was immense um on loan from stoke then played a season in the championship for stoke they didn't quite rate him at that level and we were able to buy him for three hundred thousand pounds which i think is an absolute steal because at 21 years old he is six foot six and he just wins everything and he's a, he's a mm. proper colossus but he's broken his hand so he's out for um a couple of weeks at least um so i think uh vertically with height we may be a little bit more Vulnerable from crosses, um, from balls over the top, which he is particularly very good at dealing with. Um, we last season without him in League One, we did get caught out on the bounce on the long ball quite a bit. So another vulnerability there, which I'm sure we will be trying to compensate for. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think generally we're pretty solid with the second best team in the country at defending set pieces. So now naturally, oh, don't, don't tell me that, Max. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll score two corners now. I've said that, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're very good at defending our, from set pieces. Um, probably um, like to just defend by keeping possession um, when we're in the mm. lead. So we'd like to frustrate teams when we do take a lead. Um, uh, but yeah, I would say probably high pressing, uh, catching us out in possession if we're being sloppy or too casual um, and then hitting us hard um, before we can kind of recover our shape. So what I've got from that is don't go for corners. Um, press and yeah. and just don't concede first because otherwise we're in for a miserable miserable afternoon <laughs> probably yeah that's i would agree with that yeah we'll go with that okay um so <laughs> i mean so if we were um gonna put a score on it bringing this pod to a close um are you going on saturday i'm not well i actually am in the area um in the area I'm, okay but you're, you're gonna see if I'm, you can try and watch it well i'm in um I'm up in uh, with family in Stoke on Trent, so I was gonna, just okay. gonna I was gonna go going up on the Friday night, and then I was gonna Saturday just you know make the forty fifty. What well, I don't know how close it is. I think it's about an hour away, um, <laughs> not too far. So um, yeah, yeah ne- next county over, isn't it? So um, should be all right. But that was the plan. However, mm. I have decided actually after the Reading performance that we don't perform in front of big crowds and I'm going to be a really bad <laughs> fan and bin it off and go hiking in the roaches instead. So right. Um, Gotcha. Uh, that, that's gotcha. my plan. <laughs> keep keep, keep an eye on the, on the apps. Keep an eye on the apps. If I get signal. Um, Although, to be fair, it actually probably be better if I don't have signal because it'll probably, <laughs> I'd, I'd actually quite like to get in from the hike and then it just be over. And I see one way or another rather than just get um, tortured by minute updates of, of a game I'm not at. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably one of the best answers I've had asking that question. Uh, if you're if you're going on Saturday and you've just pulled off an absolute blinder, um, but um, yeah, if you were going to put a score on it and you were going to look in on your betting app after you're hiking the roaches, what would uh, what would you like to see? Well, I'd like to see a win, but I think um, 
I've got to be realistic with, with how I think the game's going to pan out. And I'm going to say it's probably going to be a draw. Um, I mm. think it, we will either try and keep it nil-nil, snatch one. It just it's, it's just going to be another gritty away performance, I think. And that usually um, means it's going to be a goal to either side or a draw. Um, I would be surprised if it's a repeat of last year where you went, I think, 3-0 up in 15 minutes against us. I'd be... I would be surprised. Um, I think we'll keep it tight. We'll keep it solid. We'll keep it very, very basic, um, and it won't be a it won't be you know a game for the ages. I don't think. Um, my gut feeling is that we'll probably try and match. We'll probably match you. Is is my gut feeling with the way we're defending at the minute and the way we're snatching goals um, from the little chances we're creating. I think we're just quite clinical, but uninspiring, but solid. And I think you'll probably score as well because you usually do at home. Uh, against us so yeah I think 1-1 is my gut feeling but hoping for a little bit more as probably you will be as well for your side yeah 1-1 if I if I don't stick to the same one I gave last night uh, the lads will kill me so I'll go 2-1 Derby um, and uh, we'll go there Um, I think uh, it's going to happen Chris Martin's probably going to get the one for you guys um, and it's going to be horrendous to watch in person (laughs) (laughs) and not know what to do Um, but um, but yeah no I really appreciate you coming on Max as always uh, each season uh, having you guys on Um, I'd love to give you an opportunity to uh, plug the pod um the fca nominated gascast podcast where can they find you mate they can find us at, at gascast podcast if anyone's interested in listening to a podcast we did after the awards where we were very drunk at <laughs> two in the morning we have recorded one and published one um i don't remember about half of it but i have listened back and there is some absolute gold in there um uh, even if you're not a Bristol Rovers fan um it is good entertainment uh, for that episode alone but yeah if you do want to check us out that's where you can find us brilliant brilliant um and to all uh, the Rams uh, fans we are um as i say doing um our shows live on uh, youtube please subscribe um as i say if you want to see our beautiful faces um we also are on uh, everything spotify apple um go and find us uh, twitter instagram you know the drill by now um but as i say this has uh, been uh, callum um on the rams talk preview show with max from the Gascast podcast thank you very much And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.